This is Church of the Resurrection in Wheaton, Illinois. It is so incredibly good to see you all this morning. It's more than good, right? It's important. It's gospel important that we are seeing each other this morning, that we are gathered in this space together, that many of you from the Wheaton area will be gathering here over the next Sundays. We're in two weeks going to get God willing, two services with 200 apiece in here. But it is so good to see you. So praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for the church. Praise the Lord for the people of God who assembled together to worship the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Father in heaven, we're so thankful to be here. Lord, we've It's been a suffering, Lord. It's been a trial not to be together as the people of God, to to know one another as brothers and sisters together in community, in the same space. And Lord, we thank you that you're bringing this now. Lord, we just ask that you will, Lord, break the back of the scourge of COVID for so many reasons. But we ask this morning, Lord, for the reason that we can gather together in fullness, that we can bring more people who are suffering from all the ramifications of this time in our country here to the people of God, into our homes in new ways again. Lord, we just ask you for this. Lord, you have made us to need one another as we also so desperately need you. Lord, I pray that we would go into a new season of Jesus friendships, of friendships that are bound and friendships that are brought and friendships that have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. I pray we go into a new era of friendship with one another and friends with those who do not know you. I ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You all may be seated. I'm gonna, if you uh, brought a Bible with you, uh, we're going to be reading, uh, we're going to be studying the, the section that Deacon Margie uh, just read for us. If you don't have a Bible with you, you have Bibles that are under different chairs, and so just uh, grab one of those Bibles. There should be one close by. It's okay if you get up briefly to to get one. That won't in any way be a problem with the physical distancing that we're seeking to practice. I think it's likely impossible, and I realize for some of you that are uh, watching uh, this, you may not have even been in this building before, but for those of you who have been in the building, it is my guess that not many of you have spent much time meditating upon this iron supportive span here. I'm going to guess you've meditated upon this iconic cross that's been with resurrection for decades. You've meditated upon the face of our Lord Jesus. You've looked at the altar. You've you looked at Father Brett. You can't help yourself. I understand. Right? He's amazing. Right? But not many of you have probably spent time thinking, wow, look at that iron supportive span. That's awesome. It is awesome. As a matter of fact, it's what's holding this whole sanctuary up. Without it, we could have held the sanctuary up, but that would have meant that those iron girders right there that you see, thank you, Paul, for being so game to stay with me today. Um, Those went down like that so that Mark McIntyre would be right in behind the girder and not be able to reflect upon the beautiful altar and cross. So to keep the sanctuary up, we needed an engineer and a firm to come in with great ingenuity and figure out the best way to make that happen. The engineer who did this was actually just 
so gifted to do this and I think anointed by the Lord, he won an award within his guild for this supporting span that goes unseen, understandably, and yet is essential to this sanctuary. Like friendship in the kingdom of God. Like Jesus' friendships wherein there are those who are followers of Jesus that are called not only to follow him, oh, we're called to that, to die for him, oh, we're called to that, but to together follow Jesus and die for one another. And what can only be described throughout the scriptures as God friendships, Jesus friendships, friendships that Jesus brings, friendships that Jesus binds us together in, Friendships that Jesus has indeed given himself for us, that we may know and love him, but also one another. They're like that span. They're unseen. They're often not thought about. They're not focused on. And yet they are, as this span is to this sanctuary, essential to hold up the work of the kingdom of God, essential to advance the work of the church one of the great hidden realities, and all the more so, it's important that we understand this and reflect on this in Scripture, because without having the time to go into it, friendship is being debilitated. Friendship is being weakened. The reality of friendship, both with those outside of the church and even those within the church, is under a kind of regular challenge amidst the digital revolution. And now, several months of COVID pandemic, Different sources, different reasons, and yet those things which have kept us from one another. The sexual revolution has had profound impact on friendship. How men view women, how women view men, how men view men, how women view women. And yet in the scriptures, in the work of the kingdom, friendship is critical, essential to reaching the world. and to living our lives, encountering Jesus. In the scriptures, God friendships are like the supporting span. And one of the essential ways we encounter Jesus is through friendships brought by him, bought by him, that bind us to him. Isn't it amazing how undergirding friendship is for how Jesus wants us to understand our relationship with him? It's so core to the gospel, the good news of God, that one of the great messages of the good news is this, what Jesus says in John chapter 15, I no longer call you servants. I call you, some of you guys know it, friends. So one of the key ways we understand our relationship with Jesus is in the language and the scope of friendship. And of course, if our Lord calls us friends, so he then says in that same section in John chapter 15, right before he'll go to the cross and die, love one another. A call to Jesus' friendship. Love one another. Oh, the friendships throughout the scriptures. What a joy it is to just even reflect on the friendships throughout the, the work in the kingdom of God. The, the friendship of David and Jonathan in 1 Samuel 18. The soul of Jonathan the writer Samuel says, was knit to the soul of David. There's no shame in that. Isn't it beautiful to think about one man's soul being knit to another man's soul in holy God friendship? 
Well, David needed that friendship to do what he was called to do. Ruth and Naomi, mother-in-law and daughter-in-law, it's a beautiful friendship so that Ruth could do what she was called to do, which ultimately meant being through several ancestral steps, the grandmother of Jesus through great, 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 greats. Paul and Luke, an amazing friendship. And then Mary and Elizabeth in our text today. Now this section is properly read in Advent. And the story of Mary visiting Elizabeth, the big story there, the, the big teaching there is the reality of the Annunciation that's been announced that Mary will indeed receive the very Son of God by being overshadowed by the Holy Spirit and give birth to Jesus, Son of God. The big picture here story is that Elizabeth in a prophetic ministry rises up and blesses Mary and blesses the fruit of her womb. She calls Mary the mother of our Lord. That's the big picture. And we, we teach and preach into that in Advent. That's like the sanctuary. But I want to look at the span in this biblical teaching as well. I want to look at how there's actually a profound Mary and Elizabeth friendship, a Jesus friendship in which they both encounter our Lord as we too encounter our Lord in Jesus' friendships. Indeed, we see Mary hasten to the house of friendship, verses 39 to 41. And let us hasten with Mary to the house of friendship. And we see Elizabeth bless the work of Jesus in her friend, her relative, Mary. So we hasten and we bless. This is the heart of Jesus' friendships. Hasten to the house of friendship. Verses 39 to 41. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste. It's a detail that Luke gives us. He's a detailed writer. This is the Luke that was very close friends with Paul. This is the one Gentile writer within the New Testament scriptures. He, he writes that she goes with haste. Why is she going with haste? Well, because you have your Bibles in front of you, you can look, and look just up, up a few verses, which is what you always want to do when you're studying the Bible. It's okay, now, what's happened before this? So we actually read that what's happened, of course, is the birth of Jesus has been announced by the angel Gabriel. He says in verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you to Mary. The power of the Most High will overshadow you, and therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And then, amidst... One of the most earth-shattering things ever said on this planet by the angel Gabriel to this young woman, engaged to be married, but not yet married, that she will indeed bear a child. The child will be the Son of God. And it's to all of that, immediately following that, if it weren't so familiar, it would be stunning to us. Then Gabriel says, and behold, important word in the Bible, take notice, your relative Elizabeth in her, <laughs> wait a second. Okay, just stop right there. You, you've got to get that. Gabriel's going from announcing that you're going to be giving birth to the Son of God, and then he jumps right away to Elizabeth? It'd be like saying to me, you know, your cousin Will. What, 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 is, what, what does Will have to do, Gabriel, with the most, one of the most important things ever said on earth? I mean, it seems almost absurd when you back up from it and say, what, what's happening here? In her old age, has also conceived a son. Oh, well, if you have the joy, and if you don't, you can learn this, that throughout the scriptures, there's this pattern of barren women being given babies as a sign of God's intervention in our lives, as a sign of God's love for life. 
And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. So right after Mary is called, she's given her ministry. She's given her calling. Yes, it's singular. There's, there's no one quite like Mary. And yet she's completely human, of course, just human. When she's given her calling, she's given her commission, she's given this radical reality, she is given a friend. Mary is rightly called the first disciple of Jesus. She's the first to follow Jesus. She meets Jesus before anyone else does. But Elizabeth isn't rightly celebrated as the second disciple enough. We got the first disciple and the second disciple, which is just like a Lord is always doing. He always sends them out two by two. He always says, go together to reach this village, to reach this person. And here we have the raising up of the first two disciples. Amidst the Annunciation is an invitation to friendship because it matters that much. Love one another as I have loved you, Jesus says, and will say later. Mary hastens because Mary needs Elizabeth. Don't let that become just a little flourish or don't over-spiritualize that. Of course she went quickly. Huh, I got to talk to Elizabeth. I mean, she can't totally relate to me, but probably more than anybody else can. I'm having the Son of God. She's having a miraculous birth. That's pretty close. That's the closest it's going to get. Which is what happens in Jesus' friendships, isn't it? You're called to do something impossible for God. So am I. You're only dependent on the Holy Spirit. So am I. You were saved by Jesus. So am I. Let's be friends. Right? I need you. I'm, I'm going to hasten to the house of, of your friendship. I need your friendship. We have to hasten to the house of friendship. Oh, how we need friends. Oh, how we need friends. Essential to your life in Jesus. Essential to the work of the church of Jesus. So you may have some Jesus friends. What I want to say to that, text them today and say, I need you. I want to hasten to the house of our friendship. I need you. You may have some Jesus friends, but you're not crazy about them right now. Not that they're not people of character. They are. You're, just, you're in a rough patch. Work on it. Reconcile. Accept the Jesus friends that perhaps he's brought you, even if you wouldn't say brought those friends for yourself. Because he sovereignly brings friends into our lives. And maybe the year season of waiting on a Jesus friendship, which I've seen in my own life, I've seen in the life of my family, then you're asking for that Jesus friendship. You may have someone you need more than ask. Love this quote from C.S. Lewis, mid-20th century Christian thinker who did a lot of thinking about Jesus and friendship, interestingly enough. C.S. Lewis wrote this, in friendship, we think we have chosen our peers. In reality, a few years difference in the dates of our births, a few more miles between certain houses, the choice of one university instead of another, any of these chances might have kept us apart. But for a Christian, there are, strictly speaking, no chances. A secret master of ceremonies has been at work. Christ, who said to his disciples, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, can truly say even to a group of Christian friends, you have not chosen one another, but I have chosen you for one another. Now, if you're in a place where you're in a bit of a Jesus friendship desert, let that just be a consoling word for you and also an encouraging word 
to pray anew for that Jesus friendship or to savor the one you have, or to build it more deeply or to accept the ones he's given you. We're going to start res groups in a couple of weeks here. And our big challenge as ministry leaders is that when we start res groups, you think it's a program at resurrection. It's a Jesus friendship thing. Res groups, colon, a Jesus friendship thing. I'm just going to assume you're smiling. I can't see with those dratted masks. So some of you step into a res group. If you're in a place like I need deeper Jesus friendships, I strongly encourage it. You need one another. It's not just good to be together today. It's important. As we hasten to the house of friendship, so also Mary is hastening in the power of the Holy Spirit. Very important in this text. We read that she is overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, which has a very important reality around the fact that she is a virgin, remains a virgin in this moment. So we can't get into that now, but she's being overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. But we also read that Elizabeth, look with me in your text in, in verse 41 there, is filled with the Holy Spirit. Indeed, Jesus' friendships are Holy Spirit friendships. They're friendships in the power of the Holy Spirit. They're friendships in those who are so poor in spirit, they must have the immensity of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So a Jesus friendship is a Holy Spirit friendship. You need Holy Spirit friendships. You need friendships that are constantly celebrating the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your lives. Spring went on, went on to love in the Holy Spirit. Oh, Kath and I had... Such a rich Holy Spirit friendship night, even this week. It was so amazing. We, we had some people who have been dear friends, but after this night together, we were even closer. Some of you know Pastor Michael Wright, his wife Tiffany, and then one of their leaders, uh, Jatan Ball. And we gathered in a home, we had dinner together, and we just started sharing our testimonies, which is a great way to build the Holy Spirit friendship in the beginning. Or maybe you've been in a friendship for a while and you never actually heard their testimony, their, their story of Jesus' power in their lives. We shared that with each other. You know, we're from different parts of Chicagoland. Some of us white, some of us black, all of us followers of Jesus. When we started sharing about the Holy Spirit in our lives, we bonded. We're like, oh, I've had that too. Oh, he's worked it that way in my life as well. Oh, wow, I've never had that. That's amazing. It was a Holy Spirit friendship night. And the Holy Spirit friendship and Jesus' friendship is also one of the key ways that we build what we must build in the Lord and has been being built throughout the Scripture, which is multi-ethnic friendships. Multi-ethnic friendships in Jesus are built around Jesus, from Jesus, and yet recognizing that we have a lot to learn about one another, as the five of us did last Wednesday night in Catherine's in my living room. We learn so much about one another's cultures, one another's backgrounds. There are some real differences and different ways that we talk about things and think about things, and yet there's so much Holy Spirit connection. It's the riches of a multi-ethnic friendship. Have you ever thought about the fact that Luke and Paul was a profound multi-ethnic friendship? One Gentile, one Jew. Paul is called to be an apostle to the Gentiles. So what does God do amidst the calling of Paul to be an apostle to the Gentiles as a Hebrew of Hebrews, as a, as a profound Jewish rabbi? What does he do? He gives them Luke. He gives them a Gentile friend. You can be assured they had some very interesting conversations of being Gentile and Jew. Very interesting. I bet they had some conflicts. And yet they loved one another with Jesus binding them together in the power of the Holy Spirit. Naomi and Ruth, 
Moabite and Hebrew, another multi-ethnic friendship. Let us, not underestimate the, let us not underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit working among us in multi-ethnic friendship. I'm very aware. I'm very aware that multi-ethnic friendship will not solve every single problem we have in our country. I'm aware of that. I'm aware that it's not like a placebo for other deeper realities that need to be profoundly talked about and worked on. I'm very aware of that. But I actually am also aware of how profoundly Jesus' friendships have changed the world and have changed the church and changed the culture. Because that's just a matter of a kind of relational connection. It's a matter of the gospel bringing people together around Jesus for the sake and purpose of Jesus. So as you're praying for friendships, pray for multi-ethnic friendships, authentic and real. We've got many coming into our diocese. There'll be many opportunities for this. So we hasten, and then we bless. Look how Elizabeth just rises up, not once, but twice. She gives a twice-fold blessing of her younger cousin, Mary. First, she blesses, she just blesses with the love of Jesus, and she blesses Jesus in Mary. And Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, exclaims with a loud cry, some of the most precious words in our Bibles. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. She's blessing Jesus in Mary. It's a prophetic moment, it's a Holy Spirit moment, wherein in our relationships, we should prophesy to one another. We should share the scriptures. We should share words of knowledge that I've taught on extensively in the past. She's prophesying. She doesn't know all these things in her head. She hasn't received a teaching in synagogue about this, although she does have prophecies that have pointed toward this. But she's operating in the Spirit. She's filled with the Holy Spirit, and she says, blessed is Jesus in you. Blessed is the work that Jesus has called you to do. She just, she just, she just names this reality. And in doing so, she puts Mary, who is much younger than she is, and not really within the cultural hierarchy ahead of her, but indeed behind her, in front of her. So actually what Elizabeth does in this moment in friendship is she blesses by becoming less. That Jesus, who is now in Mary's womb, might become more. Which is what happens in the blessing of friendship all the time. You will constantly, your Jesus friendships, be threatened to not bless. You will constantly be challenged to hold back the blessing of what you see God doing in their lives because you're worried that somehow they may get ahead of you and you may get behind them. But one of the heartbeats of Jesus' friendship is the blessing of what Jesus is doing in someone else's life. It's identifying it and naming it and saying, look what Jesus is doing in you. I see Jesus' love in you. I see his, his life animating you. I see his mercy in you. I see his call to justice in you. And you bless that in someone. And it fills them up with more of the Holy Spirit when you do so. Core to this kind of friendship is the blessing of one another. Envy. Stupid envy. Hate it. Reject it. It's demonic jealousy. Petty jealousy. Demonic. Nothing less. Why? Because it prevents the very thing that Elizabeth was able to do for Mary. It prevents the deep bonding in the Holy Spirit together. It prevents the, the work of the kingdom of God moving forward as fully as it might in someone else because you wanted to take what God is doing away from them because you're threatened by it. As opposed to saying, look what God is doing in you. Oh, how thankful I am for the friends that saw early on in me a leadership gift. 
And especially some of my male friends that might have been threatened by that who instead said, man, Stuart, we see Jesus giving you the gift of leading and we bless that in you. One of the places in which we bless one another deeply in Jesus' friendships are in prayer partnerships. This is different, although they can come out of a thing like res groups. These are often more informal. This is often just on your own prayer and your own discernment, your own initiative. Can we pray together? And I always suggest starting a trial period. Can we pray together for a month and see how we both connect and if it works or not? There's ways to go into it without committing yourself long-term or hurting feelings unnecessarily. At the same time, to have a prayer partnership with another brother or another sister is the way that you bless the work of Jesus in them because you get to know the work of Jesus in them because you spend time together. I have been in a 28-year prayer partnership. And it is one of the main reasons that I believe I've not burnt out, that I believe I've been able to serve Jesus faithfully and obediently. As it is having a regular brother who prays for me and prays with me, we text back and forth often throughout the day. I see Jesus in you. And I bless the work of Jesus in you. And then we bless the work of Jesus from us. Look what Elizabeth does in the last verse here. And blessed is she who believes, talking about Mary, talking about Mary, that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Elizabeth's saying, Mary, I'm blessing that you believe in God. I'm blessing you to believe that nothing is impossible with God, as the angel Gabriel said to you. I'm blessing you to believe that God will fulfill his purposes through you, even when in a few months, an old man named Simeon will say to you that a heart, that a sword will pierce your heart also. Could Mary not have, when she heard that from a Simeon, thought, okay, but I can believe. And Elizabeth, she called me to believe that, that I could believe that God would fulfill his purposes through me. That in Jesus' friendship, not only do we bless what Jesus is doing in us, we, we bless what Jesus wants to do from us. We bless the calling of God in someone else's life because to fulfill our callings, we dearly and desperately need one another. Oh, of course Mary hastened. She needed to be blessed in the work she was called to do. Do you see over and over again, when God puts a call on someone's life in the Bible, he then gives them a friendship. He puts a call on Moses. He gives Moses Aaron and Miriam. He puts a call on Paul. He gives him Luke. A call on Ruth. He gives her Naomi. A call on Mary. He gives her Elizabeth. Who's blessing the call from your life? Who's blessing your belief in God? It wouldn't just be a good thing to have. It's a gospel important thing to have. One of the great friendships depicted in literature. I heard they made a movie about these books, but trust me, the, the books are, are really good. It's between Frodo and Sam in that wonderful trilogy that starts with the, with, the, with the fellowship, the friendship. And at the core of the fellowship of the ring in The Lord of the Rings is the friendship of Frodo and Sam. That's the core. Two unseen kind of support span type of folks who have an unseen supporting span kind of friendship. And I won't ruin the end of the book for you. I promise but Frodo's called to do something very hard. A sword pierces his heart indeed. Indeed, he is pierced. 
And he's very near the end. He's ready to stop because it's so hard. And Sam, his dear friend, says, I'll carry you. I'll carry you to the fulfillment of your calling. And Jesus says, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. He says, I will carry you. I will carry you in my outstretched arms of the cross. I will carry you to fulfill your calling. That's what Jesus does as our friend, as our saving, perfect friend. But he gives us other friends who can't save us, and they're not perfect, but they can carry us even for a short while. And they can say, like Sam says to Frodo, blessed are you who believe in the fulfillment of all that God will do as you follow him. Jesus' friendships, they may be unseen often, uncelebrated, but they're essential to your life in Jesus and to your call from Jesus. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening. Our vision at Church of the Resurrection is to equip everyone for transformation. As part of that vision, we love to share dynamic teaching, original music, and stories of transformation. For more of what you heard today, check out the rest of our podcast. To learn more about our ministry, visit churchres.org.